This is March 2nd, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome back to the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. I hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. I can't believe it's March. <laughs> I mean, it's March, which is so crazy, but that just means warm weather is on the way. So that obviously is a great thing, a happy thing. I also want to note that if I sound terrible or sound worse than normal in this podcast, it's because I I had to come home for something and I left my mic up uh, in uh, in my other house, the other house I live in up at school. And I forgot my mic halfway home. I was like, Oh my God, I forgot my podcast mic. What am I going to do? And then I said, you know what? I'm just going to have to do it off the laptop uh, microphone, which is never fun, but I thought I'd note it because maybe now you'll notice it, which I isn't good. But also like for those who do notice it during the show, uh, I, I don't want like you to think, wow, what happened to Evan's mic that he used to talk about how good he sounded? Like, why does he sound terrible? So I don't know how I sound. I'll, I guess I'll hear myself when I edit it, but, uh, just to note, yes, I am not using my normal mic. The normal mic will be making its beloved return next week. Uh, so in this episode, this was, this was a fun episode. Uh, Connor and I did, uh, first we talked about obviously what's wrong with the Bruins. Uh, what is going wrong? What, what's happening? How does it get fixed? So we, we try to play fixer uppers, uh, where we can kind of figure out what's going on. We're, we're playing doctor. We get to, you know, see what's, what's going wrong. Um, and then this, this I didn't expect to talk about again, Jack Eichel to the Bruins, uh, after Fluto Shinzawa's article in the athletic, uh, we discussed sort of what it would take to get Eichel and all that stuff. We've done it a lot, but it never gets old. It's weird because it's just so fun to think about. And there's so many little elements to it that, uh, you know, get brought up every time. Uh, and also Fluto had some sources in there that talked about uh, Bruins potentially getting Eichel. So there was uh, a lot where that came from. Uh, before we get into the show, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, reality television. That's what my friends love. Uh, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Again, the promo code is CLNS50 to receive that 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, doing swell. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, I, it's a, it's a Monday. Obviously we record this on Mondays and, uh, it's fun because, you know, there's no, uh, Bruins media. So it's kind of a day off. It's nice. It's, we just get to sit around, talk some Bruins, you know, watch the Irishman last night. I had a ton of time. Oh, very good. Yeah. You need a lot of time to watch that. So it was like 8:30, and I was like, you know what? I have all this time. I have nothing to do. I might as well just watch the Irishman. I've been meaning to watch it and it was good. It just was really long. Like that it was, was very long. It's a very long movie. Yeah. And it's slow in parts. So it's not like it's like, you know, fast and furious, action packed. It's not like, it's not like watching Goodfellas where it's like, I think two and a half hours and it feels like it's like, you know, 90 minutes because of how, how quick it rolls through. It's like, oh no, I, I don't care when they're in like the retirement home really. No, this is, oh, we have 40 minutes left. Oh God. 
Yeah, no, Goodfellas, Goodfellas is way better. I, I like. I, yeah. I don't know if anyone would ever say The Irishman is better than Goodfellas, but Goodfellas was certainly better. Both movies, by the way, this is going to embarrass me, and people are going to be angry. I've seen in the past month. Those, I saw Goodfellas for the first time uh, this past month in February. So better late than never. I, exactly. I saw it at, at uh, technically 21 because it was before, before my 22nd birthday. So I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to uh, to make the Goodfellas jokes like I did yesterday. Okay, there you go. Uh, on Twitter. I, I, yeah. I was worried when I dropped that. I, I didn't know if I was throwing that one out there, but I'm glad. I'm glad you got it. Oh no, 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 no! Of course I got that. So, um, not a great week for Bruins. Uh, not a great week. I know they ended it on or, or they started next week Sunday. They started it on a good note, but not ending particularly well. Um, there were a lot of problems. Uh, what was the biggest to you? Um, well, I mean, obviously the, the one where you look at just the optics of it, right. Is the defense, right. I mean, you give up 13 goals in, in two games. I think everyone gets concerned about that. And I think that's obviously the red flag is, um, you know, you're seeing, uh, way too many transition goals, grade eight chances in front of Rask and Halak, um, but the thing is, is that that's obviously a concern. No shit. Like when you give up that many goals and a certain amount of span, it's concerning. But also, I mean, I look at it right where um, I think we all are in agreement that the Bruins need some more depth on the blue line, right? Like we've talked about at home last week. Like that's a guy they need, right? So this isn't any a surprise. And when you missing three starters on your blue line, uh, you know, including two guys in Lausanne and Miller who are good at kind of shoring up that net front and Grizzlick who, you know, as much as I think people are now that Grizzlick's been hurt, I feel like there's like the, the narrative of like, oh, they can, they, they can do well without him. You know, he's an injury prone guy, even though it's really only been kind of this year where it's been really, really bad. But, um, you know, you miss Grizzlick and his ability to get the puck out and, you know, get the breakout going and hit those first passes because a lot of these games they've been stuck in their own zone with four checking issues. So, um, but you look at that defense, right? You miss those three guys. You have Vakanainen in a, a top pairing role. And even though he has potential, I mean, I think we've seen multiple times where I just don't think he's big enough yet to handle some of these guys. I mean, he's been just kind of knocked around by Chris Kreider, uh, which led to a goal. He got knocked around by Andrews Lee and pushed around, which led to a goal against the Islanders. So, I mean, you, you've got a depleted decor. Um, and, you know, you got John Moore, uh, playing regular minutes and, he did not look very good the last two games. So obviously you're, you're shorthanded. You hopefully, you hope that a shorthanded unit doesn't give up 13 goals, but still not expected, but you had to know that there was going to be some issues with, you're going to be given a lot more chances given how the state of your decor is now. What I think is most concerning is, and Cassidy kind of touched on it, is that again, you're seeing the same issues that we've, that the Bruins have dealt with for the whole year where you've got way too many passengers, right? You've got, uh, the same situation where, I mean, Cassidy mapped out, like, listen, we're going to have games where we might give up four or five goals, you know, uh, if that's the case for right now, we need the offense and other guys to step up and, um, you know, kind of carry that, that burden because at the start of the year, the Bruins were rolling, right? They were getting these third period comebacks. Uh, they're winning games and the defense was looking great, but that was kind of masking the fact that, you once again were kind of relying on Bergeron and Marchand and Pasternak to build them out. Now the defense isn't looking so great and you still have no one else really kind of pulling the rope. So I think that's the biggest concern is again, you've still got way too many lines where not enough guys are pulling the same rope, whether that be, um, you know, Coyle broke through on Sunday, which is good. But before that it was a struggle for him. You look at the fourth line, which, you know, I don't know what's up with 
Sean Corrali or Chris Wagner, but they haven't, you know, been the same player they've been in years past of what you need from that fourth line. So, uh, I think that's the biggest concern is just more guys aren't pulling the same rope, especially offensively, because you need more guys stepping up right now, given the fact that your defense is kind of decimated at the moment. Yeah. And, and it's funny going into Sunday's game again, DeBrusque zero five on five goals this season in his 13 games. Um, and then Charlie Coyle had one goal in 10 games in February. I know he had two yesterday, one being an empty netter, but again, like it, it, it's, it's really like, when are these guys going to step up? When is Charlie Coyle? When is Jake? I mean, again, this right now, and, and, and this is something that I think, you know, I haven't seen a ton of people talking about. This is like Charlie Coyle's audition to be the second line center next year. This is essentially, you know, he, the Bruins really good long look at life without David Krejci if they decide not to re-sign him. And it's not looking good. This is like this. And, and again, you know, he has Richie. He's had Smith. That's been pretty consistent through all of these games. He has not had a revolving door of guys. They've kept Smith with him. They've kept Richie. And the production has not been there. Um, and again, like, I love Coyle. I think he's great. I think he's a great puck possession guy. I think he's hard on the forecheck. You know, he's, he's a good, solid center. But the, you need to produce, especially in the second-line role. You can get away with it on the third line a little bit more, but on the second line, you absolutely need to produce. And that's not there. The other one's DeBrusque. Can we beat this one into the ground? It's just like there's the, the consistency just isn't there. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's and, – and to me, I mean, it's funny. The past couple of games, Jack Stadnikas had – way more chances and he hasn't scored anything but you t- you tweeted it yesterday uh the expected goals for jack Stanika right to the to the moon right to the moon but the secondary scoring just is not there um the defense on the like the thing with the, the defense that i'm not super worried about is they're almost certainly going to add a top four defenseman at the deadline at least that's what it feels like that would be the logical thing to do uh you're going to get lows on back at some point Miller's it, tough because it's an, a reoccurring knee thing, but if you can get yeah. him somewhat healthy for the playoffs, that's a, that's a good thing. And Grizzly will be back at some point, hopefully. Um, and you pointed this out, I think, a few weeks ago when when things were good, but there were there was there was examples of falters when the Bruins couldn't break out of their own zone. It's like this is this is what you miss with a guy like Grizzly, like yeah. these just effortless zone exits and entries you don't have with without Grizzly. So um, there's issues. There's issues. Um, but again, as you said, I think the, the more concerning one is the secondary scoring problem just continues and, and no one knows the whereabouts of Andre Kasha. No one knows where this yeah. guy is. No one knows how he's doing, when he'll be back. Uh, and again, that's not even, you can't even really rely on that because he, he still has yet to score a goal. That's the thing is when he even comes back, you don't really know. It's not like you're getting this, let's say it was, you know. Kyle Palmieri or one of these other guys who's a bit more of a proven scorer and he was out for a month when he's coming back you're like all right you know we, we missed him but we know when he's coming back as long as he's healthy you know we, we know what we're going to get from him like you don't know Andre Kocha can come back and you know average you know eight points for the last 40 games of the season right or he could go off and all of a sudden have like 10 goals in a, a 15 game stretch you just don't really know what you have from him and even if he's doing well Unfortunately, all it might take is another high hit to have him down that same path. It's the the unfortunate risk you run with some of these guys who deal with uh, concussion issues. But, you know, it's if Kosh is back, do you feel comfortable with him rolling into the postseason, right? Like, as your top six solution, even if he's doing well, right? Like, even if he all of a sudden he's back and that second line looks like it's rolling, again, all it takes when you get to, you know, physical hockey in the playoffs – I'll take this one high hit, even one that was relatively harmless, like the Miles Wood one. It wasn't like he got like completely trucked, wasn't looking like 
that's kind of just the unfortunate kind of hand you dealt when you're dealing with injuries like that. That's the thing. And again, you, you can't rely on it, you know, and it's tough because he shows that potential. He shows that promise. I know when the Bruins got him last year, a lot of people were like, this guy is going to be the guy that sticks next to Krejci. And obviously a pandemic hit and stuff like that. But even then he was dealing with injuries. Um, and so, you know, again, I think the Bruins, you know, things will get better. You saw secondary scoring uh, in Sunday's game. You'll get secondary scoring here and there. But again, you need it consistently. You know, again, Tampa last year in the cup, going out and getting Goudreau and Coleman. You know, Coleman was a bigger signing, uh, but Goudreau was not this this crazy, or not a bigger signing, bigger trade. Um, you know, Goudreau was not this big guy to get, you know, not everybody was going after him at the deadline, but he boosted their secondary scoring by a lot. And that team didn't even really need it. Uh, so the Bruins need to find that type of guy um, at the deadline. And and I don't think that's like a Taylor Hall either. Cause you don't, I think it's, it's finding the right fit, you know, a rich Peverly. I know it's an old uh, example or a Charlie, uh, Charlie Kelly, Chris Kelly. I'm so used to the Charlies when the oil and McAvoy went yesterday. Uh, in the presser anyways uh that's the issues with the Bruins at some point they will pass um but again the secondary scoring keep an eye out for it and again Bjork I mean you can go down the list Bjork Wagner Corrali like not a lot of production there so um uh we've we've beat that into submission but if there's one topic that we haven't talked about enough what's that Evan that is Jack Eichel to the Boston Bruins now this was not on the this was not on the show list for today going into Monday this was not like a thing I plan to talk about until I opened up uh, the athletic this morning and saw Fluto write Bruins trade for Jack Eichel question mark. What we're hearing about the Sabres star coming to Boston. And you think, Oh my God, what is going on here? Um, and an NHL source said, I just don't see any way they can't be all over him talking about the Bruins being all over Eichel. My response to that is same. Yeah. I mean, of course, <laughs> But I also can see how they wouldn't be all over him because of the other things that other teams have that the Bruins don't have to offer. Now, um, in the, you know, Fluto goes on to list, uh, you know, how, how good a fit Eichel would be. And I don't think the reason the Bruins wouldn't get Eichel is not because he wouldn't be a good fit. I think it's the same reason that it always is as to why they're not, you know, it's, it's the same narrative every single time. Like they would love Eichel, but, 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 and, and so this is the funny part. Um, the source said, uh, when it comes to what the Bruins have to give up, it said, I, he said, I think you're looking at McAvoy and Frederick, probably minimum, minimum. Now, Next. yeah, like Frederick, fine. Like if you want, like if, if the Sabres came calling and said, we want Stadnika, like two firsts and a prospect, you say yes, because again, you're getting the proven, proven elite center and you're trading away a, a, a more, um, prospecty type player in Stanika. He has the potential, but he's not there yet. Um, or Frederick, same thing. Like you want to take Frederick for Eichel? Like by all means. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really, and, and Fluto goes on to list this, a trade like this, the Sabres, I don't think are looking to just rebuild again. They're not looking to do this whole rebuild thing again, which you probably could spark a whole rebuild with, a, with an Eichel trade done right. Like you could get firsts and prospects and you could do that. Um, but again, the Eichel contract is a lot. But they would probably like to get someone back that they can build around. And there's two guys they hit, the Bruins have, McAvoy and Pasternak. And you're not trading either of those guys for Jack Eichel. No. No, I mean, again, it's one of those things where you got Eichel, yeah, your, your cup window extends by seven, eight years at a minimum, right? But 
you're not trading guys who are also part of what that extended cup window is going to be, right? You're not trading, you're not trading the guy McAvoy who very well is probably a top five, top three finalist for the Norris, maybe a, a the legitimate Norris front runner right now. I mean, like, I think that, like, I, I think he's definitely top three. The question really isn't, is he like worthy of it? It's, is he getting enough get maximum attention? Yeah. Yeah. He, are people seeing that? Cause again, he's not standing out on the stat sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, he is here because he didn't last year, but you know, are people, are, are writers in LA watching, you know, McAvoy shut down opposing players night in and night out? Right. I don't know. You know, so, so I mean, yeah, you, you're not giving up McAvoy. You're not giving up Pasternak who once we hit a full season again, it's probably going to hit 50 goals or at least come very close as it's been the case the last couple of years. Right. So I, I just don't see how, the only, the only way I see a Nyquil trade working out would be if Buffalo is dumb enough to let this carry out through 2022 when his no, no movement clause kicks in. Cause the only way the Bruins get any leverage at all is if they get to the point where Eichel, that no movement clause kicks in and he goes to Buffalo and is like, all right, I'm only going to go to Boston. Like that's the only, that's the only way it's going to go. And, uh, or even a case where he blocks trades to teams that have a lot more assets. So whether that's, uh, I think Fluto mentions like Minnesota where they've got like Kaprizov and a few other guys they Kaprizov. could trade. Yeah. Um, or a few of those teams out West, you know, that could be rebuilding like the Kings or the, the Ducks. He doesn't want to go to the West Coast or he didn't want to go to New York, which would seem like it'd make a lot of sense as a place he'd want to go. But if he didn't and he blocked a trade there, then Buffalo's had, had its hand tied. But for right now, it's just an open bidding. And if it's an open market, uh, you know, the the Bruins just don't have much of a chance at all. They already didn't have it anyway, but now that but e- even if they did throw out like uh a crazy trade that's not involving McAvoy Pasternak, let's I don't know, three first round picks, f- like four prospects like the Brusque and Kahlo and like a crazy haul, another team can jump in and probably match that with fewer plays but with higher talent, right? Like yeah. what if LA does, you know, uh, Byfield and, you know, uh, other firsts or Anaheim as Zagras, like any of these guys who are younger, who are on the cusp of like, you know, stardom or, or something like that. Like, I feel like even then Buffalo would probably rather have those guys than take a few firsts from Boston where, all right, you add Eichel to that next without taking away from a lot of its key core, you're going to get a couple of 25th overall picks the next couple of years, right? Like, would you rather have that? Would you rather have you could get from a team like the Kings or the, or the Ducks. So, yeah, the, it's not going to happen for the Bruins unless you get to a point where the the Buffalo Sabres get that no movement clause kick in and then Eichel kind of dictates the terms. But I would imagine Buffalo will trade him before them, but also Buffalo seems like it's completely incompetent. They can't even get their story straight as to whether or not Eichel's hurt. So uh, that, that whole franchise just seems like a shit show. So maybe it gets to that point where they think, you know, at this point, they're, they're running towards probably getting the first overall pick. I could see them have this narrative where it's like, all right, well, we suck this year again. You know, we've got Eichel and we've got Darlene and all these guys, but, uh, you know, we'll get the first round. We'll get the first overall pick. We'll get that Owen Power kid from Michigan. Decor is going to look great, even though our coaches can't coach up Darlene, who's supposed to be like the best D-man prospect in 10 years. So I could see them doing that, sticking around, and then it just all going to shit next year. So. We'll see. Never, but never uh, doubt Buffalo 
to not screw up a good situ- a situation where they at least have some leverage right now because I could see that totally happening. Yeah, I mean, the, the obvious thing is you deal Hall at the deadline for a, a, as many assets as you can get. You're not going to get a right. ton for him because he, he is a pending UFA and, and he's, he's not having a good year. I mean, yeah, that, ask, that, that, that gamble worked out for him, right? Just ask, just ask my fantasy team. He's absolutely sucking right now. Um, he wants to win though. So at least he's winning. He's winning. Yeah. Good for Taylor Hall winning. He's winning the lottery technically. Uh, that's, I guess, so that is a win. That's a win. That's not a loss. Uh, but, no, I, I mean, it's funny. I, I tweeted about the, the, uh, Eichel's of the Bruins thing and some people are replying, you know, I love people when they, uh, when they reply Krejci as the centerpiece of the deal. I think we talked about this on Poke the Bear. Like Krejci's an, is an older guy, expiring deal, uh, probably doesn't want to leave Boston. There's no, there's not a lot of trade value there. Um, and it's not like if he hadn't, if he, if he didn't have a cup yet and he was on a shitty team, like then maybe yes, like you could mm-hmm. deal him stuff somewhere him to go chase a cup but he has a cup like it's not yes he's good like david Craig is fine um but most people were against dealing uh for dealing mcavoy or Pasternak. um but i mean you think about it like if you trade it let's say let's say it's a one for one deal let's say you do one for one charlie mcavoy for jack eichel are mm-hmm. you better no no i don't think you are because you because again you know you'll have bergeron for the next couple of years Maybe Stadnika turns into, you know, a top six center. At least that's what he projects. Um, you also have um, Charlie Coyle, who, you know, is supposed to project into a top six center. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you have Frederick. You have Beecher in the system, who they expect something out of. Mm-hmm. You don't have that next franchise defenseman. You yeah. don't. And, and again, you, it's so hard to just draft one. It's so hard to just go out and get a franchise defenseman. Um where I'm not saying franchise centers are easy to find, go ask the Canadians. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you do have options center. I don't know if you don't on defense. You don't, you don't have a franchise defenseman. No, I mean, I think you get to the point where it's one thing to draft a guy like even Kahlo, who I think has surpassed a lot of expectations as being a legitimate top four shutdown guy. And if someone wanted to trade McAvoy, I'm sure you'd have someone reaching for, you know, straws and, having the argument of like, well, we've got Jack Sean on the way. We've got Mason Lorai who's ripping up the USHL. And it's like, oh, it's all great and good, but I'd rather have the surest of sure bets than a guy like McAvoy who's going to win a Norris at some point and then add those guys to the mix, make your decor even better than trading away the guy who's going to anchor your decor for 15 years for a guy that is great. That guy goes a superstar, but it's not helping out your cause right now. Like you're not – you know, desperately needing a center and you have to rebuild on the, on the fly. Like you're trying to max out and extend this current cup window and trading arguably the best top five defenseman in the league form isn't really helping your cause that much. Like it's, you know, it's, it's a shame because I, you know, Eichel makes so much sense for the Bruins in terms of just what, where he would fit and how he would help out this team. But in terms of just the overall assets, it just doesn't make any sense because you're not going to get him for, you know, mortgaging the farm. Because one, you can't you can't really mortgage the farm because you don't have the assets to sway it over another team that might be desperate for it, right? There's so many other teams that I think can outbid you unless you include Pasta and and or McAvoy, and I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but I do I do think that um, when you when you I, I mean. I mean, Postrack, if you traded Postrack for Eichel, again, like, 
50 goal caliber wingers do not grow on trees. Like that is so hard to find. Um, and I mean, obviously, you know, you have a little more impact on the ice when you're a top line center than maybe you do as a top line winger. But again, like Pasternak is your go-to goal scorer. You know how many teams are on the league? You know how long it's been since the Bruins had a go-to goal scorer? It's been forever. Yep. It's been forever. So it all, it, like you, you have that go-to goal scorer. Don't give it up for, you know, Eichel. I mean, the only guy you'd give Pasternak up for, we said this a couple of weeks ago or like a week ago, whenever Felgrim Mavs were talking about it, is like McDavid or McKinnon. Like that's, that's really yeah. the only way you would ever do that. Eichel's elite, but you, you don't do it. Also, the other thing is, and we haven't even mentioned this, Buffalo trading Eichel within the division. Yeah, also would not, a, another, another another bit of a roadblock. Yeah, that also would not uh, work out well. But it's fun to consider. It's always fun to consider. Of course, the Jack Eichel, all the Jack Eichel stuff. But uh, Connor, before I let you go, is there anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, we're gonna be uh, breaking down a couple of things, looking at some of the positives from that Sunday win, which hopefully they can build off of. Um, so we'll have all that over at BHJ. Subscribe over at BostonSportsJournal.com, and uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore ninety three. Go do all of that. And for CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Brunsby listeners have a great rest of your week.